a long time ago. It's the ship that made the castle run in less than 12 parts and the great disturbance of the force. I told you she would never partially betray the rebellion. That's no move. Caught in a trap and it's pulling us in. Stan Lee presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all. Lo, the moons of Yavin. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Chewbacca have rescued the Princess Leia from her imprisonment on the Galactic Empire's powerful battle station, the Death Star. Now, as Solo's ship, the Millennium Falcon, makes its break for freedom, the question is whether she can stay rescued. And thus begins Star Wars, Volume 1, Number 5, November 1977. Our editor-in-chief is Archie Goodwin. Our cover artists for this issue are Rick Hoberg and Dave Cockrum. Our writer for this story is Roy Thomas. Penciler, Howard Chenkin. Inker, Steve Leola. Colorist, Glenius Ween. Letterer, Tom Orchowski. And editor for the book, Roy Thomas, with an assist from Archie Goodwin. This story opens up with the very valiant escape of our heroes, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and our droids R2-D2 and C-3PO from the Death Star. They are being pursued by TIE fighters who are coming after them as Luke Skywalker and Han Solo each go into the gunner's chairs to do battle with these TIE fighters. Once they have destroyed the TIE Fighters that are in hot pursuit, our heroes make their way to Yavin. There is much talk and consternation between Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader, revealing that they have put a homing beacon, a tracker, if you will, on the Millennium Falcon, which will lead them to the Rebel base. Meanwhile, back on Yavin, they are all welcomed as heroes and there is great relief that the princess has made it back to the base with the plans they deliver the plans for the death star and a briefing takes place detailing the analysis of the space station and where the distinct vulnerability resides han solo is seen leaving getting ready to pay off that debt that he had. And we all know this to be the debt to Jabba the Hutt. He is not going to be joining the assault on the Death Star. He has a quick confrontation with Luke Skywalker. Although it's not overly contentious, there's a bit of friction between the two. Ultimately, Luke and Han parting on decent terms with Han wishing Luke well. Princess Leia then finds Luke, who is most disturbed by the fact that Han will not be joining them, hoping that maybe perhaps he could have put aside his scoundrel smuggler ways and joined into the rebel assault on the Death Star, understanding the full-blown magnitude of what this means for the Rebel Alliance. Princess Leia quickly points out to Luke that Han and smugglers like him very seldom change their ways, and she wishes Luke well and actually gives him a kiss and tells him, may the force be with you, Luke. This in the scripting must have been quite interesting. 
because as we know, hintings back and forth of perhaps love interest between Luke and Leia early on, possible love triangle happening here between Leia, Han Solo, and Luke, with Leia being the focus of both of their affections. And the big reveal would not happen until later down the road in Empire, and then ultimately in Return of the Jedi, with respect to Luke and Leia being siblings. So it makes for a quite interesting panel in the comic book pages, to say the least. We actually get a new scene that deviates from the movie, and that is the reintroduction of the Biggs character. Now, mind you, we see Biggs for the first time on the big screen in Yavin. That earlier scene on Tatooine is never seen in Star Wars A New Hope, the movie. This is an extended scene, an extension of that initial Biggs scene that we get here in the comic book. Are you Luke Skywalker? Sure am, Blue Leader. Have you been checked out on the Incom T-65? Well, I exactly, uh... Sir, Luke here is the best bush pilot in the Outer Rim territories. I'll vouch for him, says Biggs. Outer Rim? Skywalker? Of course! I met your father once, when I was just a boy. He was a great pilot. And this is coming from Blue Leader. If you've got half your father's skill, you'll do better than all right. I'll try, sir, and you'll make it. I'm sure of it. The galaxy will be a lot better off when the sons of the original Jedi Knights are back on the scene. Well, I've got to get aboard, Luke. Listen, you'll tell me all your stories when we come back, all right? I told you I'd make it someday, Biggs. You made it all right. And then Biggs and Luke wish themselves good luck, goodbye, as they mount up into their X-Wing fighters. This is a really interesting scene, which again, never seen in the film, but alludes to the connection between Luke Skywalker and his father, Anakin. Blue Leader saw Anakin Skywalker pilot a ship when he was a kid. This is pretty cool and gives you some insight into the depth of the lineage here that we're talking about. You really don't understand the breadth and depth of the lineage between Luke Skywalker and, of course, his father Anakin, other than the reveal when Luke is in Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut or home on Tatooine, and he is first spoken of as far as Obi-Wan having served with Luke's father in the Clone Wars. So... This is third-party validation of that connection between Luke Skywalker and his father, Anakin. Now, Anakin not being named here, but at least him being identified as an incredible pilot, which I think this is really notable for this book. The rest of this book then proceeds with the formation of the rebel squadrons heading out of Yavin, and making their way to the Death Star that is fast approaching and hoping that they make it there in time to defeat the Death Star before the Death Star blows up Yavin. This was a fantastic book. Great read. Really true to form with respect to the film. Again, one exception. That 
added scene, that extended scene with Blue Leader and Biggs. The cover art is quite interesting. It, it again is another inspired work, very similar to issue four where you had the big Darth Vader mask and the hands coming out and Luke shooting with his blaster at the hands of Darth Vader and those kind of eerie force manacles coming down, chains. In issue five here, you have the Death Star within range. You can see it in the sky in the stars, firing down on the rebel base on Yavin. Completely not part of the movie. Never saw that. Never would have seen it. However, it's to generate interest in the book, to get the readership enthused, to see that, oh my gosh, the rebels are really up against it, and here comes the Death Star to eliminate them. From the standpoint of creating dynamic tension, and interest, it's fantastic. The interior art done by Howard Chaikin is really on point. By this time, he has seen the film. The rendering of Chewbacca is more true to life. The renderings of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, even Grand Moff Tarkin, as well as all of the Rebel command structure on Yavin looks just like they looked in the film. Really on point. Also Biggs, Blue Leader. It's great. No surprises there. They really are hitting their stride in the likenesses and getting you into having the comic book reflect all of the stylings of the film. Just fantastic job all in all by Chaykin. Well, kids, we would love to hear from you once you have read Star Wars Volume 1, Number 5 from November 1977. Please leave us a message via the Anchor app or send us an email at Kirby's Kids Podcast at gmail.com and Obi-Wan, take us out. Your destiny lies about a different path from mine. The Force will be with you. Always. Long time ago, a classic Marvel Star Wars comic book series is dedicated in loving memory of Charles Lippincott, who George Lucas hired in late 1975 to join the Star Wars production as Vice President of Advertising, Publicity, Promotion, and Merchandising. To quote George, Charlie was one of the founding pillars of the Star Wars films and phenomenon. He began in earnest the concept of licensing motion pictures at a time when the only other company doing so was Disney. Charlie was the one who said early on that we can make this work and was the first person to both develop Star Wars licensing and engage with the fans. He had insights into marketing and public relations that were truly unparalleled. And a prime example of that is Comic-Con today. It was the marketing strategy for the original Star Wars film, A New Hope, that came out on May 25th, 1977, that Charlie would take one young Mark Hamill and they would barnstorm the science fiction and fantasy and comic book convention landscape leading up to the launch of Star Wars. To that, Charlie, we thank you. We thank you for comic books being a part of the Star Wars universe. And that is what this series is about.